Sound the trumpets. It's horse racing time. Saddle up for action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code RTFP. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler. 18 plus 21 plus in certain states to open or access an account and a resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligible restrictions apply. Voidware prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wagers within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com. You're listening to DraftKings Network. You're tuned in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Guiding your gridiron journey, none other than your host, former NFL lineman, Ross Tucker. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker football podcast. It is a Wisdom Wednesday presented, as, of course, as always, by DraftKings. My name's Ross Tucker. Most of you know that. Former NFL offensive lineman. If you check us out on video, whether it's DK Network or YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL or all the different fast channels that we're on now. You can see the helmets, the game balls. It was an awesome temp job in my 20s, primarily because it gave me the chance to do this and all the media gigs I have, including Ole Miss at Alabama, Saturday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time on CBS. To say I'm excited about that would be the understatement of the century. Should be absolutely an incredible, incredible experience. Shout out to George Day. He's our patron of the day. Patreon.com slash RT Media. Yes, you get the spreadsheet to all of our even money bets, but you also get a chance to be a part of our crew, of our family, with the fellow Tuckheads on our private Slack channel, which I absolutely love. By the way, momentarily, uh, today's wisdom is coming from NFL Executive Vice President of Communications, Public Affairs, and Policy, Jeff Miller. Uh, Je- I actually spoke to Jeff a couple weeks ago, and I asked him about the turf versus grass thing, among, among other things, among some of the new rules this year and the guardian caps and stuff. I always like hearing about some of the changes the NFL has going on, especially when it comes to health and safety. I also always love ordering from DoorDash. Just like the clock will stop on this podcast, whenever the game clock stops, that's time to order in with DoorDash. Pizza cravings hit at halftime, that's ordering time. Dreaming about tacos during a timeout, boom, they're on your doorstep. Wait, you want burgers, chips, dips, drinks, and wings instead? Even better. Order on DoorDash and get everything you want delivered without missing a minute of the game. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. Well, as promised, very excited to be joined today 
by Jeff Miller, the executive vice president of the NFL. Well, I've actually had a chance to listen to a couple times this offseason, get ready for the season because of the great work that Jeff and the NFL do with all the health and safety initiatives. And I want to start, actually, Jeff, thank you for coming on the show and with the Guardian Cap stuff, because I was surprised by some of the data that yeah. you guys put out there in the seminar. Yeah, the Guardian Cap's a really interesting story. Um, we've talked about different ways to reduce some of the forces around head contact for a while. And that's really what the Guardian Cap offers, which is, you know, I guess based on laboratory testing, maybe about 20% reduction in every blow when somebody hits their head. And so we took a look at that data. We tested a couple of the different aftermarket products. The Guardian Cap did well. And then we looked at the position groups that have the most frequency of head contact, which, as you know, are linemen on both sides of the ball. We added tight ends and linebackers, and we mandated that uh, the players wear the Guardian Cap a year ago, a year ago this time, uh, up until the second preseason game. And, well, candidly, we didn't expect the result we got. We were obviously very pleased and we saw about a 52% reduction in concussions for those position groups during that period of time compared to the previous three-year average. And like I said, the guardian cap was really about each individual blow reducing some of the forces. Cumulatively, if you reduce to 20%, you know, every time you get hit in the head, that's going to end up yielding a really great savings and is going to benefit the health of the player. The the, the um, decline in, in concussion, I wouldn't have guessed it. Um, again, thrilled by it. And so we looked uh, to ways to improve it and and mandate a little bit longer. And what we saw was that uh, the players had some reactions. Ross, you may know something about this. I'm sure you've heard uh, that some said, hey, look, it looks goofy, which is hard to deny, candidly. It looks a little bit strange, a little different. Um, some said, hey, it slips off. The fit isn't great, which is true. It did. And um, some asked about the heat and heat retention. So we examined each one of those, worked with the company involved, and came with a newer version for this year. And we were pleased with the design looks like, addressing a lot of those concerns, addressing the heat concern, which we tested in the lab and found out that we were in a good place there. Take a look at whether there were added forces to the neck, other things that we wouldn't necessarily anticipate and we didn't see. So we felt good about extending the mandate around it throughout the course of the preseason and then adding running backs and fullbacks to the position group. So we'll be studying the data and studying the data in the next couple of weeks, take a look at what we found both uh, from force mitigation as well as concussion. Uh, but um, year over year, I think it's a nice addition and, and the players have seemed to have accepted it. Maybe not as much at first and their feedback matters a lot, but I think we're in a better place now. You know, it's interesting because I, I think one of the things I learned in college, Jeff was to always you know, try to dive into any statistic that you get. Um, doing the Eagles preseason games, I've noticed in the NFL, there's definitely less contact, less hitting, it feels like, in camp, really with every passing year. Yeah. So with that data, the 52% concussions, is there any way to take that part of it into account? You know, that there might just be less contact, period. Yeah, but it's, it, I think that's true, and I think that probably affects the data a little bit, that there's no question in evolution. And we work really closely with our, um, our friends in football operations, obviously closely with the clubs, with the competition committee, with coaches, others, to, to find out better, and, and player feedback, to, to figure out better ways. And so when football operations worked with the coaches a couple of years ago and took out, you know, the Oklahoma drill, 
you know, uh, uh, insisted that bull in the ring was no longer, it was prohibited from NFL fields. That has a huge benefit too, uh, from a health and safety perspective, because those drills introduce a greater degree of injury risk than some others you can do. And, you know, from our, from our collective bargaining agreement, most recently and the one before that, decreasing the amount of time on field and other things are also obviously going to decrease exposures. But I think in this case with the guardian cap, well, well, you know, I take the, I take the question and I think that there's merit to it. You're just looking, comparing last year to the couple of years before that. So it'll be interesting. So that's not a lot of time for change. We'll see this year when we get a chance to uh, crunch the data, sort of see where it lands, um, what the benefit is. And again, the concussion numbers are great. Nobody wants to decrease concussions more than more than than I do, but it's really about each individual blow. And if each individual one is twenty percent less force involved, then both players are going to be healthier at the end of the day. And isn't there like a compound aspect to that, Jeff? Like it's twenty percent for that person, twenty percent for that person. So when they hit each other, it like it's forty percent. I think I read yeah, that I, at some point. Yeah, I, I kind of did the compound number with the twenty or so. Like it okay. could be a little more than that. You're talking probably in the neighborhood of 12 to 15 percent for each individual uh, person if you're going to hit somebody without the guardian cap on. But we'll see this year. Like I said, um, in the lab, when we test it out, it looks like it's about 20 percent. We have ways to measure it on field. And so if we get to that number, it'd be great. If we get to a better number, it'd be great. But more importantly, more importantly, I think that it's important to think through what's going to happen next. And guardian cap is a great introduction. The willingness of the players to wear it, our ability to understand that there are no unintended consequences from a health perspective for wearing it, open up the imagination to what else one could build, whether it be a helmet or an add-on or something, who knows what, that could end up decreasing those numbers even more. So I kind of look at it, look at the entire effort as a bit of an entryway to whatever is going to come next in the next, you know, two, three, five years that are going to make players even safer than they are now. Well, one potential option is is to wear the Guardian caps in games. I know you've been asked about it a lot. Yeah. I've heard your response to it. We actually had the Guardian cap folks on. By the way, great husband, wife. Like, yeah, it's a good story, awesome. right? Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. They were on here a couple weeks ago, and um, it was funny because I think it was the day before you had said, you know, who knows, maybe we'll wear them in games. And they said, well, that's news to us because <laughs> they, they, weren't, they weren't quite ready for that. But, look, they're, they're happy about it. What, um, what could that look like? How far away are we possibly from something like that? Because, obviously, you know, the helmet, the logo, it's a big deal, right? It's, it's, you, you look behind me right now. I got all my helmets back there. You know, it's, it's a big part of it. I know that would be a, a big, big decision for the NFL to allow that. Now, Ross, you, you have all the helmets behind you? Because I know you played on quite a few teams, if I remember. Your, um, I your have five NFL helmets behind me, I think. Okay, yeah. so so there's there's a whole other room with the other ones? Is that how that works? <laughs> um, to, to your question, to your question, it, look, it, we got to be driven by the science in the first instance. That's the beginning of the conversation. And so we, through our engineering group and the Players Association, through theirs, share the data, share, you know, their thoughts, share their experiences, and we're going to be guided by that. And I think that my my personal take, which I, I think I've shared with a few others at this point, is we don't necessarily have a lot of experience with it yet. The, the experiences have been positive, have encouraged us to go forward. But as I mentioned a moment ago, you know, it's a new design to the, to the cap. And so I want to get some feedback from coaches, from players, uh, from clubs, were those sorts of things addressed that we talked about 
as an example, you know, fit, um, as an example, slippage, did, you know, did we have any, any experiences where the thing slipped a little bit? Did it, any problems with the buckling? Did it come undone? I've heard a few things and I need to investigate those throughout the course of the year and find out and add to that, not just player experience, but also I want to take a close look at some of the other injury data. Did we have more stingers? Did I hear about other sorts of, of aches and pains that players had after they wore them that, um, they didn't have before that. And so throughout the course of this season, I think we have time to examine all of that. Again, driven by the medical and the engineering group and get together and go, okay, where are we now? Are we in a place where we would be comfortable recommending that we wear this in games or allow it to be worn in games on a going forward basis in addition to a helmet? Or, and this is a really interesting question too, are the helmet manufacturers moving forward with a, gr with a great deal of, of effectiveness in incorporating some of the benefits you see from Guardian Cap in the next design of their helmets, which I contend we'll see in the next year or two or so, because, you know, we're showing, you know, through the experience we've had here that there's an, there's an appetite for something a little bit different in how the helmet looks, a little bit different in some of the properties around it. And so um, I want to study Guardian Cap this, this season, talk to the, the engineers and the data, get some more feedback, and then I think it's probably an off-season conversation this coming year as to what that looks like. The science tells me that the best way to watch these games this weekend is to do so while you're drinking Labatt Blue Lights with your friends or family and living life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so Jeff, let's get into the kickoff rule. Sure. You know what I think is funny about it? How upset, like to me, because I call college games and NFL games, and this has been the college rule for like four years. So the folks that are up in arms with the fair catch kickoff rule, I almost want to say to them like, where have you been the last five years? Do you watch college football? I guess for me, it just doesn't seem like a big deal at all, but evidently some other people – don't like it or are very concerned about it. Well, I don't think we make any changes to the game without a, a fair number of people offering their opinions. And that's <laughs> that's fair and, and welcomed, by the way, starting with, in this case, any rule of the game, the feedback from the competition committee, who is ultimately the rulemaking authority, and having that debate with them and having them hear from their own constituencies, coaches, special teams coaches in this case, and others about what the right thing to do is. And so when the competition committee supported it, it felt validated that this was the right thing to do. And the background on this, Ross, as you know, is is pretty straightforward, which is which is that the kickoff itself, that particular play, has twice the rate of concussions as 
any other play from scrimmage, a run or a pass play. And that's been the case now for a number of years. The, the, the number of injuries, concussions on the kickoff drops for a period of time when we got rid of the wedge and blindside blocks and other things, but it's gone back up. And the competition committee felt, I think it's fair to say, that we need to do something with the play. And even if the fair catch reduces the frequency of returns by a modest amount, our modeling shows that about a 7% reduction in the number of kicks returned from about 38 point something percent down to about 31 point something percent. We're going to reduce concussions, again, modeling by about 15% on that play, which is a substantial decrease and is going to make the game a little safer. But the bigger point is, and this is what the competition committee offered, was we want to keep the kickoff in the game. So the, so this is a bit of a transition time, right? It's a one-year rule, so we'll revisit it after the season, how it worked from an injury perspective, from a gameplay perspective, you know, how, how well the ball was returned, how often the kicks were returned, where the kicks were placed, et cetera. But... Uh, we were on uh, my group is under the direction from the competition committee to research alternatives to pursue other ideas for how to keep the kickoff in the game and yet lessen some of the risks of, uh, inherent in it. And those risks come from the fact that there's a great deal of space and speed on that play, unlike most any other. And so the contact you see when you get to the blocking or the tackling are pretty, those are substantial hits. Those are some of the largest forces that we see at any time during the course of a game. So how can we do it? to keep that kickoff in, reduce some of those that space and speed so that some of the forces involved in the, in the blocks and the tackles are lessened? Well, that's a challenge, but we're going to spend a fair amount of time working on it in the hopes that we can we can increase the number of kicks returned and still reduce the risk to players. So that's a, that's a big research project for the next few months. So, Jeff, you probably don't know this, but my career ended on the wedge on kickoff return. Um, 2007, four-man wedge. Oof. I killed this kid for the Ravens, but then my whole arm went numb. Turned yeah. out that I herniated the C5, C6 oh. in my neck and bruised my spinal cord. Oh. And uh, and that was it. So uh, getting rid of the wedge was a really good idea. A little bit too late, unfortunately, for me. Um, but there's no question. I mean, the forces. I mean, I, I used to be in the meetings, Jeff. And they would say to the wedge, you cannot get split. You cannot let these guys split the wedge. In the same meeting, they would tell the guys in the kickoff team, you have to split the wedge. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. sitting there like, what, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, um, but that's the way it was. So um, I am very much in favor for trying to get rid of some of those high-speed collisions. And I'll be curious to see you know, how things unfold. I know you guys have talked about the XFL rule yeah, a, a little bit as well. Um, but Ross, you saw those, you saw those hits. I mean, you know, being on the field as long as you were, the impacts that when you were in the wedge or trying to break the wedge that you saw compared to, I don't know, your average run play where the, you know, the, the blocks are going on and, and even blocking downfield and somebody's tackled. It's, they're remarkably different. The speeds that people maybe don't have an appreciation, but I think that the stat is something like uh, the average block on the kickoff play now, you get to somewhere around 17 or 18 miles per hour, you know, because the players are that fast coming downfield when the contact occurs. Like, you know, you experience it. It, it is a bit different type of thing compared to what people see when they're wa watching your average play from scrimmage. And as a result, the fact that there are more injuries really shouldn't come as a surprise. You don't have to be a physicist you know, or a biomechanical engineer to figure that out. It's just really, really big, fast, athletic people, you know, reaching some, some pretty significant forces. Honestly, Jeff, the further the distance, 
between the two players that eventually make contact, the, the greater the force is going to be. And I can tell you, it's the only time in my life playing football that I was scared. Yeah. You know, kickoff return, there were times where I was like, oh, man. Um, and, that, and that's not good. Uh, the last question I have for you. Sure. You're a big data guy. And I respect that and appreciate that. How come the Players Association has all this data about grass being better than turf, and yet you guys don't have that? Is that, do you dispute their data? Um, is there data, additional data maybe that you have that they don't? Because obviously I, I've had those guys on the show too, sure. and that's one of their big issues. Yeah, no, no, it's a good issue, and it's one that is worth discussing in this and any other forum. Um, just from a structure perspective, we in the PA have a joint committee on surfaces, which is mandated in our collective bargaining agreement. So me and their representatives and a bunch of engineers, um, you know, people much more well-versed in this area than, than uh, subject matter experts than, than I am, plus a, a number of field managers from around the league get together to talk about it. So the first answer to your question is the data is the same. Now, the data varies from year to year and from surface to surface. Uh, my contention, and I think the committee uh, feels the same way, the experts do, is that there's a lot of work to be done on both synthetic surfaces and natural grass to drive injuries down. If you're playing in a cold weather natural grass field in December or January, you know, what's the injury rate there compared to what an injury rate might be in, say, a good synthetic surface, you know, that same time of year? Those are the sorts of questions you have to answer. What are the characteristics about each individual field? That, that contribute to injury, and if you can figure what those are, how to go about fixing them. And so there's a lot of research in that spaces. But the truth is that there are certain synthetic grass fields that have a higher injury rate than certain grass fields, but also the reverse is true. There are certain grass fields that have a higher injury rate than certain synthetic fields. And so it's not a one-size-fits-all solution. You can't necessarily just choose one thing. Now, do I think we're going to be able to narrow the choices and we're going to be able to work more closely towards getting synthetic fields that play uh, uh, more safely than they currently do? Yes. And grass fields likewise, so that you don't see the injuries that you see there. But it is a it is a challenging area. It, it's one that needs a, a great deal of research. I'm thrilled that the experts that both sides have work together well. And I think you're going to see a lot of a change made in that space in the next couple of years. Um, but there's some work ahead of us. He is one of the executive vice presidents of the NFL. He's in charge of a bunch of different things, including health and safety. Jeff, really appreciate the time. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Ross, thanks for having me. Anytime. Good to see you. Very interesting. And I hope you guys got as much out of that as I did. Several things change. Sounds like they might change the kickoff rule again, more like the XFL rule. And I, I, I'm fascinated by the turf versus grass thing and them supposedly having the exact same data. I'm also fascinated by the game time app. You know what's funny? I get at least two emails from you guys, Ross at RossTucker.com, a day, I feel like, from those of you that are using the game time app. This is as legit as it gets. I literally got a text message from somebody yesterday saying, is there any way, a friend, is there any way you could get uh, Eagles face value tickets? I said, no, you should use the game time app. And if you use the code Ross, you can get $20 off your first purchase. So again, terms apply, but download the Game Time app, create an account, and redeem code Ross for $20 off. It is what I use, and I personally recommend to friends and family for last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Tux takes.
All right, Ross, we'll start with the Chiefs. They restructured the contract of some guy named Patrick Mahomes, giving him $210.6 million guaranteed over the next four years. Well, you know, there have been a lot of talk about Mahomes signing that, like, 10-year contract or whatever it was, and that he was getting passed up. This was always going to happen. They were always going to find a way to make sure that Patrick was taken care of and that Patrick would be one of the highest paid, if not the highest paid. All they did was move more of the money later in the contract up to the next four years and guaranteed it. Obviously, uh, he's worth every penny. The XFL and the USFL are set to merge next spring. I love stuff like this, Jack. Now, I know it's less opportunities for guys. You know, There's only one league instead of two. But now this league actually has a chance to survive. It makes no sense to have two leagues. It's confusing the people. They're competing against each other. It just doesn't make sense, right? So I like the fact that they're going to merge, put all the resources into one really good league, and maybe they still have the same amount of teams, right, which would be good. Then, then there's still enough players that can play in the spring and make money playing football, which I love. The NFL is filing a grievance against the NFLPA, accusing them of encouraging running backs to fake injuries. So there's a lot to get to in this, Jack, to the point where I'm going to make it my Labatt Take of the Week, presented by Labatt Blue Light, the pristine Canadian Pilsner. Enjoy your beers together so you can live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. As far as the grievance is concerned, I keep seeing my name and this show and J.C. Treader's comments on this show and people acting like it's some smoking gun, it's not. I mean, he said he wouldn't recommend faking injuries, at least not publicly. He didn't recommend faking injuries. And also, what I don't really understand about the NFL's grievance is it seems like they're focused on the running back position, but there's a lot of players that held in during training camp. Daniel Hunter, uh, TJ Hawkinson had like three different ailments before he got his deal. This feels to me like maybe it's something coming from Jim Irsay and the Colts that they're not happy with the Jonathan Taylor situation. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know enough about the process to know, you know what the arbitrator will say when they file the grievance or whatever, but I don't see what evidence the NFL has to win this thing. Got some roster moves across the league. The Lions signed what I think is one of the best names in the NFL, running back Bam Knight to the active roster. The Cardinals safety, Buda Baker, and Steelers wide receiver Deontay Johnson are both going on the IR. Well, that's a big loss for both those teams. Buda Baker might be the Arizona Cardinals' best football player. We already knew Deontay Johnson had the hamstring thing. And Bam Knight, you're right. I love the name Bam. And they need him, I guess, now with... David Montgomery being out for a few weeks with a thigh injury. Other than that, I think we're done here. Thanks for tuning in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also check out Even Money, Fantasy Feast, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network on Samsung TV+, Plus, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. MyFrontPageStory.com is the best gift you can get anybody at any time. It is fantastic birthdays, anniversaries. I recommend just going in there and throwing your email address in there so you get the discount codes when the holidays, Valentine's Day, or Mother's Day come around. Backoffice, schedule.com, 
go-bangles.com, steakhousesports.com, humanheadnyc.com, sportaculture, and pizza boy brewing.